Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, please visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. And we are back. Episode 61 of The Grid. Gabe Myers here alongside Mike Foreman as per usual. Episode 61. We're going with Roger Maris and his former American League record, 61 home runs. Aaron Judge broke that last year. Uh, but 61, a home run record for a long time. The clean home run record for even longer. <laughs> um, so we're going. that's where we're going with Roger Maris this week. But in football. Getting to football. We had a lot going on this week. Yeah. East versus West. Refurio wins the district. Hallisville beats Yoakum. And round one of the playoffs is beginning. But we're going to start here in Victoria with Victoria East and Victoria West. And Mike, we said last week, oh, Charlie Reeve, he's starting to turn things around over there. Well, I think his influence was all over this one. 42-24, Victoria East ends the losing streak to Victoria West at three. Winning this week, getting second in the district. They now can host a playoff game. And it was 42-24, but the game was a lot closer than that. But East, second half, they outscore Victoria West 28-3 on the way to winning. And, Mike, those second-half Titans over there, they really – I mean, you talk about coming to play out of the locker room the last two weeks. Victoria East has really done it. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I was trying to follow your tweets while I was at the other game. And uh, the first half, I'm seeing West is up. But it was usually by about a touchdown. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, you know, West looks like it's doing pretty well. And second half, I, I really didn't get to look until late. And I saw the score, and I'm going, wow, what happened? You know, East really turned it on. Yeah, so this is what happened. East running game completely took over the game. So it's 21-14 going into the half, and one of our colleagues, Patrick Sloan-Turner, was there with me in the press box. He likes to come to, he likes to, come to these football games, and he likes to hound school board members and superintendents <laughs> while he's there as well. You know, education reporter right. stuff. Um, but I, I turned to him about a minute left in the first half. I said, East needs halftime to come right about now. West looked like they were about ready to, you know, pull away with the game and really open up a lead. East got in the locker room down only 21-14. They come out first drive. The biggest play of the game might have been the third play of the second half. It's third and 13. East is at their own 15-yard line, their own 17-yard line. It looks like they're about to go three and out again, giving the ball back to a West offense that had been humming, you know, throughout most of the first half. Kaysen Coley hits Jaden Williams on a wheel route down the sideline for about a 25-yard gain. Gets Kind of gets the ball rolling for East on that drive. East ends up punching in for a score to tie the game at 21. If that pass is not completed, West gets the ball back, we might be having a completely different conversation today. But Kaysen Coley finds Jaden Williams. East scores. That sets it all in motion. And again, West offense, they, they scored 21 points in the first half. They were really going. But a 30-plus minute halftime, East has the ball for the first five minutes or so of the second half. Then West, they, you know, they ended up stalling. They punted pretty quickly. East goes on another touchdown drive. And in the span of probably about an hour, West only ran five plays. And you talk about their offense, they, they go up tempo. They run the ball primarily, but they do throw the ball yeah. as well. They like to keep a balance. Getting out of rhythm, East kept them out of rhythm in the second half, and East running game got going, and that was a difference in the ball game. You know, it's funny. Uh, I'm just going to say this and leave it right here. How many people out there really believe that Victoria East would have won that game last year? And I'm just going to leave that right there and draw your own conclusions. <laughs> yeah, Char I mean, Charlie Reeve has done a lot for this program. And, you know, being around the team this week, and we'll talk about kind of the playoffs in a little bit, but there is a belief about you – know, there is a belief in these guys that they can do something really special this year. And they knock off the defending district champs, Corpus Christi Vets. They, they knock off rival Victoria West. Big for them. But we, talking about this game, I have to talk about their their first drive of the fourth quarter. So it's, East is up 28-24. They're getting the ball with a little over nine minutes left in the game. And, it, you know, West obviously down four. If they can get a stop, they can go down and take the lead. East burns nearly eight minutes off the clock going in for a touchdown just three, four yards at a time. And talking to Reeve after the game, he said simply, that's a good offense. I didn't want to give them the ball back. Yeah. That was he said, yeah. I I know they got Kamari Montgomery, Camden Repper over there. I didn't want them to have the ball again. So 
they went and credit to their offensive line, the three-headed attack in the running game of Case and Coley, Nigel Prater, and Jay- and Jaden Williams just really kept East on its toes. And I say three-headed rushing attack. Williams and Prater each had over 100 yards. Prater had a touchdown as well. He got MVP of the game. Case and Coley ran for four touchdowns. So a lot, quarterback as a sophomore, you know, quarterback run game. And that's, you know, they just really did a good job of keeping the Warriors' defense off balance. And they'd get into these third and five, third and sixes, and whether it be Prater in a wildcat formation, just getting outside and getting the first down, or Collier Williams running up the middle. I don't know how many times Jaden Williams, it looked like he was just stopped at the line of scrimmage, but, you know, small little shifty guy with some power is just able to get out of the tackle or slip out of a tackle and get three or four more yards than you think he really should. How I don't know how many plays like that he made in the game, but East just the second half effort from Victoria East is something to absolutely be commended. And you talk about a team peaking at the right time. That's Victoria East right now. Right. Mike, you were in you were in Ganado this week, Refurio Ganado for the district title and uh Refurio wins. That's something we've said a lot this year. And they win again. They win another district title, number two team in the state, heading into the postseason. Right. Uh, they struggled at first again, kind of like they did against Shiner uh, their first drive. They were penalties again. Yeah. They've got to quit that. I mean, you can't have – they had over 100-yard penalties again. They're not going to be able to do that if they get to Timpson. So uh, that needs to be stopped. Uh, Ganado drives down on its first possession and has a chance to uh, take a lead. But uh, they also, uh, Ganado has a false start when they're on like the three-yard line, and that pushes them back to the eight, which is a huge difference. Then they end up settling for a field goal, and the field goal hits the upright. So instead of taking a lead, it's still 0-0, and then Refurio goes on. Big game for Jordan King. Um, Jordan, uh, one of my favorite stats this year, uh, I looked at this the other night, Jordan has scored a touchdown every about four and a half times he touches the ball. That's just incredible. I right. Mean, you know, so obviously he hasn't carried that much. But if you look at that stat. Well, when you're blowing everybody out, yeah, there's no need to. But uh, so, and uh, yeah, Refurio's got some things to iron out. But, uh, you know, uh, Ganado, uh, they showed some fight. I, I thought, uh, you know, that they were, uh, they, they had trouble moving the ball consistently against Refurio's defense, which really didn't come to me as uh, that much of a surprise. And, uh, you know, after the game, I mean, Coach Irvin from Ganado had spoke about it. He said their speed is a different kind of speed than you see. And we were talking. He asked me what I thought about Refurio, and I I told him, I said, if they ever get it together, they're going to be tough to beat. But they still just don't look like they quite put everything together. And, of course, they've got, you know, a couple of weeks to do that. You've talked about the penalties, you know, for about a month now with Refurio. Is there – is it just undisciplined? Is it is there a simple fix? What and well, you you've watched a lot of them this year. What do you think it is? Part of it is discipline, and not I don't mean discipline, just mean behaving discipline. Right, because because I've yeah. watched them play, and I've been around the program yeah. a little bit. They don't strike me as just a bunch of loose cannons, guys yeah. all over the place. Well, like they the, know what they're doing. They they talk on the field. There's no yeah. question, but they have to know when to talk, and that's one of the keys. The other is they got called for a lot of holding penalties which wiped out one a 75 yard touchdown run by Jordan King um, you know I I don't know maybe I've heard coaches say they hold on every play I've heard coaches say that about everyone but what you have to do is adapt to the officiating if the officials are going to let you be a little bit with your hands then then use them if not then you have to adapt and uh, that's what they have to do I I, I don't know. Some of the calls I, I really didn't see. There was one call on a receiver, uh, what I a uh, holding call that I thought was a little ticky-tack. You know, the guy mm-hmm. did have his hands, but he wasn't really – I thought he was just kind of not really grabbing on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also thought a call which wiped out an interception by Ernest Campbell, they called interference. I thought that wasn't a very good call either. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they – 
a lot of this is self-inflicted, and they need they need to stop it, and they know it. Yeah, it's and again, once you hit the Timson, it's a hundred a hundred plus yards of penalties. That's no. I mean, it's hard. To, it, it's yeah. hard enough to beat really good teams when you're shooting yourself in the foot for over a football field's worth of penalties. It becomes damn near impossible. Uh, Hallettsville and Yoakum out what a game that was Hallettsville down 18 nothing at one point comes yeah. back to win that one and the reward you get the defending state champions Franklin in yeah. round one but I think for Hall- you know Hallettsville to rematch but there you know get a district win Yoakum was a team that beat them last year prevented them from getting potentially a share of the district title massive massive win for Levi Montgomery and the Brahmas right and also you know it's no Yoakum I mean gets Lorena right. so I mean uh Pick your poison there, right? Uh, but Hallettsville, I, I think uh, the fact that they've seen Franklin, mm-hmm. uh, obviously Franklin doesn't have both of its running backs. It has one. But it's still a very good explosive team. Slot T. So, uh, but I, I think that does play a little bit to Hallettsville's benefit, the fact that uh, it's seen you know Franklin last year and uh, it knows what 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 to expect. Yeah, and there's something to that. If you're familiar with the team, you know what to expect. You're, naturally, you're not going to be intimidated by them. We kind of see that in the NFL divisional games. Even if it's a good team and a bad team in the division, it's uh, you know those games tend to be really close. And you're seeing it when Hallettsville. Hallettsville is a really good team. They're by no measure yeah. a, a, no. a bad football team. It you know Franklin's just the last couple of years. Franklin's been the class of three yeah. A. Well, and, and the thing is, too, Hallettsville is, I think, better offensively than it was last year. Well, so, I mean, you certainly you, – yeah. your starting quarterback doesn't get hurt week yeah. one, and that helps. So, uh, I think that's a plus. Um, you know, the way – it's kind of what I, what Coach Montgomery said, the way you look at it, pretty much all these games could go either way with these two districts, although I think Columbus is going to win. I. I wouldn't be surprised if Columbus won a state championship. Well, that's uh, that, Columbus is that good. The, the consensus at Dave Campbell—they were doing all their picks yeah. this week, and Columbus was five of the six people had Columbus winning the state title. The six had Hitchcock oh. winning the state, coming out of this region yeah. three, and then winning the state title. Yeah, well, uh, you can tell with those two districts. I mean, when you look at teams that didn't even make the playoffs, I mean, uh, you've got Cameron Yo. You know, you have teams like that 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 didn't even come out of that district. So, uh, you know, it's just the way it works where two of the best districts in the state have to face off right away. Yeah, it's you wonder if realignment, if these districts get separated or, you know, influenced at all with this upcoming, you know, upcoming realignment talk. Uh, So, Mike, before we head it, we're going to do like a real, I don't know, deep dive, but we're going to talk about the playoffs quite a bit. But before we do that, before we head to break, I want to ask you, What's the round one matchup you look at that catches your eye that you're you know that you get that you get excited for that you know that you kind of have a star next to I know you kind of write all this stuff down is there one that really catches that catches your eye that you're interested to see as we you know we head to the by district round of the playoffs? Well, really, I th- I think the Hallsville Franklin yeah. is the matchup that that kind of caught my eye. Uh, I mean, there are some other good matchups, but. Uh, that's just very intriguing. And also, I mean, Yoakum Lorena kind of is because, you know, Yoakum's explosive yeah. if if they get it going. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they have enough firepower to beat Lorena, but uh, those two kind of caught my eye. Uh, those were the two, I think, that stand out in the first round because realistically, looking at Region 4, yeah. uh, with most of our teams going south, yeah. most of you would think that those teams would be able to win that first round. Right. Yeah, for for us specifically, there's a chance we get a lot of blowouts in the uh, in the by district round. The one I'm watching for, and maybe I'm biased because I'll be going mm-hmm. to this game. Uh, I'm looking at Victoria West and San Antonio and San Antonio Southside. Just West was in a similar position last year. They went to Southwest, had to go on the road mm-hmm. to San Antonio round one. Southside district champ, I believe they're undefeated. If they lost one. Or they're, or they're nine and one, but yeah. they haven't lost in a while. Yeah. I'm interested to see just how, you know, West, how they've recovered from the last couple of weeks. And then, you know, from and then from Southside, how good are they? How how does that work out? Also, interested to see East against Medina Valley, which is where you're going to be, because East, first time any Victoria school is hosting a playoff game in 15 yeah. years. <laughs> interested to see how East, they're on this emotional high right now. 
it is they say like, we're just keep building we just keep building do they continue you know last two weeks feel like they've hit new and new levels especially in the second halves does that continue this week against Medina Valley I'm kind of interested to see East how their story arc continues as we head into the postseason yeah, and, and also uh, one uh, Southside is coached by Ricky Locke who's uh, is pretty familiar with people around here he coached at Gonzalez a lot of years and even way back before then he was a rungi. So uh, people around here know Rick. He did a great job at Gonzales. Uh, the other factor I think we have to talk about that we haven't is the weather. The weather it's this supposed week to is, be it could yeah. be bad, and uh, you don't know. Especially how that, on Friday, Thursday it looks like we'll be fairly clean. Uh, yeah, but Friday it could yeah. be so really bad. So we're looking at you know it could become a slog fest. You know you just don't know, and uh, usually a team that is able to hang on to the football, you know, is the team that wins. Hang on to the football. And, you know, that's where – I mean, line play is always important, but that's where yeah. line play – because, again, if if it does become a slog fest, if the fields are really muddy or the ball is just really wet, you're probably not throwing the ball a ton. you got to be able to just kind of get behind your offensive line and run it or have a running back who can just go make a play. So that's something to watch for this week is, you know, do or die games. Playoff football, can't ask for anything more. We're going to message from White Trash Services. Then we're going to kind of go down the line, all the different brackets we got here, and talk about things that stand out to us as the brackets got released this week. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and, and, and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off companies. And, you know, y'all are are big advocates for for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all, all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361 550 one eight two six. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, eight to five during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. All right, and we are back. Episode sixty-one of the Grid. The playoffs are here on the Gridiron, and for those of you who maybe aren't fully aware of all the UIL rules. That's what Mike and I are here for. Uh, 5A and 6A, district winners and district runner-ups host playoff games. Third and fourth place travel to the winners and runners-ups. So Victoria East, they get to host a playoff game this week. First time in 15 years. Victoria West goes on the road to San Antonio Southside. That only affects 5A and 6A, though. So all our other area schools are in the postseason it's a lot of neutral sites, and that's what we're seeing this week, Mike. Yeah, that's usually what every now and then you'll get a home-and-home home flip like Cal Allen and Beeville did, where Cal, where Beeville has to go to Cal Allen. But, um, you know, unless, I, I mean, really, where are you going to find a neutral site between those two? I, yeah. I guess Corpus, but, yeah. So normally, though, you do get a neutral yeah. site. And, uh, and the, the same thing if East and West can win, that, Unless they decide to flip, they'll uh, they'll get a neutral side. Yeah, so a lot of neutral sides we go this week. But we're gonna kind of go through. You know, we got you know, kind of all the divisions covered here. Of you know, sub five A, we got almost all of them covered here in our uh, in our region. So we're gonna go through and just talk about what what stands out, uh, what stands out to us in in these regions. And we're gonna start in two A Division One. That's Refurio's region. Refurio, one of if not the favorite to win the state title in uh, in that classification and i'll tell you something something that stands out mike we were talking about this right before the break is goliad in or not i say goliad i mean ganado uh ganado and mason yeah. uh potential round two matchup and that's one where you're looking at the winner potentially hit, hit, heading to the regional final out there 
Yeah, I think that's true. I looked at that right away, and I saw that was a potential uh, second rounder. Uh, that'll be very interesting. I mean, Mason, of course, is uh, you know they have a tradition too. Uh, they haven't been quite as good as they were uh, the last few years, but uh, I know they had some speed at the at the track meet. Uh, I saw them at the regional track meet and a couple of them at the state track meet. So they're going to have some speed. Uh, we'll see how they would match up with uh, Ganado if that comes to fruition. And I wouldn't be surprised if the, the if they do meet, the winner of that game could go on to the fourth round, possibly against Refuria. Yeah, I'm interested to see that. I'm interested, I'm interested to see Ganado. They'd really been riding this high uh, after about week three, week four. It, you know, losing to Refurio, how you know. By the district round this week, how quickly can they regroup and collect themselves going in going into the playoffs from a team that had been you know so hot for a couple of months before? Heading into three A Division two, Mike, I think we probably saw the same thing. Tidehaven Poth, you know potential potential regional yeah. final there. The what was it the the thirteen six or twelve seven? Uh, Six, yeah, six. it was a it was a close game between Tidehaven and Poth last year, and yeah. you look at it, Tidehaven's undefeated. Their defense is absolutely filthy, and potential regional final matchup there between you know between the Tigers and the Pirates. Yeah, the thing to watch for me is the next round. Assuming Poth wins uh, and East Bernard wins, yeah. they'll play each other, and that could be a really good game. Uh, East Bernard is a very good team. In fact. Uh, Coach Lucio over Tidehaven has said he wouldn't be surprised if they are the team they end up facing if they got to the regional final. So uh, that'll be something to watch, too, in the second round. Uh, I think the winner out of the Poth East Bernard has a good chance to go to the regional final. Yeah, and that's one. You know, Poth's another team. You know, defense is really good over there as well. But East Bernard, the way they throw the ball, their receiver, Maddox Chris, is just a guy who can cause problems for any defense you go against. So that, I mean, Tidehaven knows that as well. They've given up two touchdowns this year, and one of them was to him. <laughs> so they, you know, they know they know all about that really well. It'll be interesting to see how that one shakes out. But that's Amelia what caught my eye because Tidehaven's been a buzzsaw all year, and I know, I know they're kind of because both is whenever a team ends your season the year before, yeah. you always kind of got your eye on them, mm-hmm. and that you know Tidehaven and Poth, that's you know that's what I'm looking at, looking at three A Division one, Mike. I know the same thing caught our eye here, potential Edna versus Jordanton in the area round, and man, what a banger that would be. You talk about a heavyweight fight. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Jordanton is... Uh, they blew out Goliad earlier yeah, this year. Jordanton has looked good, and uh, maybe they caught people by surprise. I don't know, but they have looked good. And uh, that was a game I saw uh, when Jaden Clay was a freshman. They actually played a Saturday afternoon game in Jordanton, I guess, and I lost a flip. And uh, Jordanton had a really good quarterback. And, uh, you know, Edna was just kind of getting started on its, yeah. on its run. And uh, Jordanton won that game. But, uh, yeah, you're right. That could be a, a really good potential second-round matchup. And then Goliad, you talk about winning the district. I think Goliad on the other side actually got a really favorable path as they get, you know, to get pretty deep into the playoffs over there. I'll actually be watching Goliad and Odom this week against Falfurias on Thursday night. But, yeah, Edna Jordanton in round, in round two in the area round, that's one I, you know, if we end up getting that, that's one I'm really looking forward to. Um 4AD2, Mike, you're covering Quero this week, but I can't I can't help but look ahead. It's in my nature, Mike. Well, I'd be careful about that because if you look at what Quero's potential route is, they would uh the the next week if they if they win this week and even though uh you know, even though Robinson is the fourth seed, it's not a pushover. And uh if they win this week, they would get uh most likely Hampshire Finette, which is state ranked. If they could win that, they might get. Um, it wouldn't be Silsby, but it would be. Uh, well, Silsby would be the potential regional final. Yeah, but it would be the other team from that district, uh, Jasper, I believe. Mm. And then they'd probably either get Silsby or um, the team from uh, Wharton's district, which was uh, Belleville, which yeah. is just was has been blowing out people. So, I mean, Quero has a really tough road to get back. And, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, uh, 
start, you know, you got to take them, like you said, one, one. at a time. And you got uh, this week they'll worry about Robinson. If they get past that, it'll, it'll, you would figure it would be, uh, you know, it, it would be next week. You well, and you, and you put this in your article, which is up yeah. on the Advocates website right now. That, that in the first round last year it was thirteen to seven. Quero was yeah. was in overtime yeah. last year, and it, they ended up going to what the regional final last year. They ended, yeah. they ended up well, doing really well. Yeah, well, actually, they ended up going to the semis or, or the semi. And, yeah, and, uh, that yeah they. Uh, I think they'll be more aware of that first round. Uh, yeah. Although the weather could be similar to what it was yeah. last year, we had some storms, so. Uh, you know, we'll have to see how the weather is, you know, uh, Thursday night. But, uh, yeah, Quero knows it. Uh, Region 3, it's no picnic. And, uh, you know, Quero's going to have to play well to, to win, you know, any of its games. Yeah, Quero and Silsby, two of the top four teams in the state, both there in Region 3. And you mentioned just the potential path there. It's not – it's not particularly easy, but the, you know, this is Quero won the region last year. They intend to do it again. This is what makes this time of year a lot of fun. We're going to get some high level matchups, especially as we get deeper into the postseason. Uh, 4AD1, just District 12. I, I'm, you know, El Campo Bay City. How are, because, you know, El Campo Bay City, they're one second, one's fourth. Even the, everyone's kind of close in that district. And I'm interested to see just how. How the matchups shake out, how especially El Campo Bay City, how they end up doing, how far they can go in the in the in the four A playoffs. Yeah, well, it's 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 no secret for them um, that if they get by this round, they're going to run into East Texas, and uh, that's been the key, you know, is trying to get by East Texas. Uh, Bay City would likely face; uh, they'd face either Kilgore or Livingston. El Campo would get either uh, Little Cypress, Mauriceville, or Tyler Chapel Hill. Both of them, I mean, those are tough matchups. That's been kind of the uh, – it's changed a little bit. I remember back in the day where they, they would catch those teams in the first round. Mm -hmm. So the key was always getting past that first round. And once they did, now it's kind of getting past the second round. If you, you get past the second round, you, you can make a little run there. And then 5A Division One, a potential Gabe Myers Bowl. That's right. A potential Gabe Myers Bowl is what I'm looking for. What do I mean when I say that? Well, Victoria, when I when I was hired here by the Victoria Advocates, like, hey, the, the Victoria West, that's going to be your beat. That's who you're covering. Great. So I've, I've been covering Victoria West. i got a relationship with the coaches. I'm with the players as well. You know, things are going good with me over at Victoria West. If they win, though, this week, they could potentially run into the McAllen Memorial Mustangs, which just happens to be where one Gabe Myers graduated from high school some years ago. Mike, the old Letterman jacket, may be oh. making an appearance in Victoria. If we get, I don't know if Coach Boyce will let me yeah. into the school. <laughs> Coach Boyce is going to be keeping an eye on you next week. Yeah. If that's the case. Boy, you, th you thought Connor Stallions was going to steal signs over in Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they'll yeah, they'll be keeping an eye on I really don't know much. No, well, uh, PSJ North, from what I've heard about people from the Valley, is they are just an absolute buzzsaw. Yeah. It is they. I mean, they are. I mean, they are. J, they are Jason in the in the movies. Like it is. It is not pretty what they are doing. The teams down there. No one really even talking to Miller's coaches when Miller played West, and even Miller was talking about. Yeah, no one really wants to play PSJ North because that's uh, they're they're the team. A lot of a lot of folks are picking to come out of Region Four. Um, but that, I mean, that's one we could get East and PSJ and North and that, you know, kind of see, you know, kind of see how that works out. East is just getting better and better and better. Again, I'm curious to see how they continue to progress the more they play, but yeah, Gabe Myers ball, but in West and Victor uh, Victoria West and McCallum Memorial actually played in the 2021 playoffs in the third round. Memor Memorial won that game and ended up losing in the fourth round. So it'd be a playoff rematch from a couple years ago. Some guys like Kamari Montgomery, TK Rollins were, you know, players in that game. So perhaps a little revenge factor yeah. on the minds of these Warriors. But that's what I and mean. One thing, too, is uh, 
PSJ North and Donna play Thursday. Yeah. So the winner will be determined. So uh, you can guarantee whoever wins that game is going to be up in Victoria watching uh, Victoria East. Yeah, well, if you end up seeing Marcus Kaufman, tell, tell him I said what's up and thank yeah. you for helping us win our 2014 uh, <laughs> McCallum Memorial High School dodgeball tournament. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you see him, Mar- you know, Marcus Kaufman's got a heck of an arm. He's probably got a better arm than his quarterback over at VSA North. Um, but, it, hey, we start playing some of these Valley schools. You're going to hear me get really excited here in, that, here in the podcast studio, more so than I usually do. But yeah, that's a you know quick look at some of the brackets here. We got you know, like we like we said in the last segment, the by district round potential for a lot of blowouts with our schools. I think the I think the Victoria schools looking at we're looking at a couple of competitive games, but in the in the lower divisions, the three A, four A, two A, we're looking at uh, we're looking at some blowouts there. But when we get to round two, we get to round three, we're gonna get some awesome games. Yeah, usually in the first round, you do catch some blowouts. Uh, you know, it's just when you match up, uh, when you have only five team districts or mm-hmm. something, a lot of times that fourth place team is not that strong. But uh, Or you just have a district altogether that's not yeah. very strong matching up against one who is very strong. Yeah, I mean, you can have uh, districts that can win all four, all four teams will yeah. win. In fact, I think that's very possible for Refurio Ganado's district that even fourth place Three Rivers yeah. – you know, could win. And I mean, Shiner's playing sweep. Freer, I believe, yeah. and Freer's not exactly renowned as a football powerhouse, so that's... Yeah, but uh, Shiner, you know, Shiner's going to have to play because... Uh, well, this isn't the Shiner team of no. old. And that's, you know, that's, of course, what's been going on this year. We saw last week, I think, that uh, Kennedy was in that game yeah. with Shiner for quite a while, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm not 100% sure what exactly transpired, but, uh, you know, I think Shiner's going to learn. Um, I don't know what injuries they've had, but uh, Shiner's going to learn, you know, this is not one of those years where you just, you know, go in and hand the ball to a Brooks brother and uh, he's going to run. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We, we'll see how these first round shakes out. Uh, I think we have a chance, actually, to have quite a few teams left uh, next week. Yeah, and that's what we want. We want more good football in our region. We're not going to complain about that. We're going to get a message from Thriving Financial. And speaking of high-level competition, we're going to talk about some really good volleyball we got going out, going on. Goliad and Schulenberg out in a regional tournament. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about that. Thriving is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent Financial Advisor Carly Herrick works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. And we are back, episode 61 of The Grid. And uh, Mike, stop me if you've heard this before, but Goliad volleyball is really good. Yeah, I think we you could put that on a loop and just repeat it year after year. When I say they're really good, Mike, they haven't dropped a set since September 5th. We're recording this on November 8th. If my math is correct, which I know I'm a journalist, so check me on it. If my math is correct, that's over two months. That's, that's incredible. And I know people would say, well, their district isn't the strongest, but still... I mean, to go in there and not even drop a set is impressive. Well, and they've, and they've played some other teams in that span, Cuero being one of them. Yeah. They went and, you know, swept Cuero, who was a 4A district champion. Um, again, Goliad Volleyball is really something special. Number one team in the state. They're playing on Friday in the regional semifinals at the Blossom Center in San Antonio against Columbus. And that is, I mean, looking at the bracket, that's probably, on the other side of the bracket is Post. Who is Poth and Ban- and Banquete? Poth is a team that Goliad swept earlier this season, uh, and Banquete is a team you know re- region or District Thirty runner up. Goliad beat District Thirty champion Corpus Christi London 25-11, 25-9, and twenty five eleven in the regional quarterfinals. So probably the winner Goliad Columbus is you know. You're looking at that. That's looking like it's going to be really the regional, the regional final over there. Or the, that's really going to be the regional title game. Um, Goliad this season in four, forty-one and three. 
Columbus is the last 3A team to beat Goliad, doing so in this round of the playoffs last season. We talked about it, you know, last segment, a couple segments ago. Whenever a team has ended your season the year before, you always kind of got your eye on them. And I remember talking to talking to Coach Odom, talking to Ky- talking to Kyla Hill way back in August, and she even said like, "Our eyes are on Columbus." And this was back in August. This was before we knew how it all shakes out. And she says, "Our eyes are on Columbus. We're fully aware." of what they have going on. And I've seen Columbus play a couple of times this year. They are really, really good. They got an outside hitter, Ali Tribe, who maybe if you're just talking about individual player, might be the best player in 3A. But that's going to be a really good game. Goliad and Columbus, two of the top five teams in the state, meeting in the regional final up at the Blossom Center in San Antonio. Also in the in the regional tournament, Schulenburg, which again, Mike, stop me if you've heard it before. Schulenburg volleyball is really, really good. They're going to be playing Stockdale at uh, on Friday at Brenham High School in the two A regional finals, and, sh- and you talk about Schulenburg and Goliad, two you know two of the really really good teams in our area, and two of the really really high level teams in the state. Schulenburg ranked number ten in the state last week. They beat Skidmore Tynan. They swept them three zero in the regional quarters. Skidmore Tynan was ranked number six in the in the two A poll. So I mean Schulenburg showing they don't just do it, you know. They're not beating up on the low lifes over here. They go up against the, you know, they go up against the the real power teams as well and show what they can do. So, couple chances for a couple of our teams get to the volleyball state tournament. It's a lot to be excited about. Yeah, I'm curious about Stockdale. You know, they were um, they were three A until the last realignment, and usually uh, numbers are going to help you. You know, no matter what anyone says, the bigger. The bigger schools uh, have more numbers, and usually you find a player or two out of those numbers. Uh, that being said, Schulenburg, I mean, uh, outstanding uh, program up there. They mm-hmm. do a great job. And, uh, you know, they, I believe, I think they, did they make it state last year? Yeah, they, made the, say, they made the state last yeah, year. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously uh, they've got a taste of it, and, uh, you know, they know what they're doing. And so uh, – We'll see. Uh, you know, we have two two shots. Yeah, two shots at state and uh, up in Garland, of all places. Uh, isn't that where state? Well, that might be where t- uh, that I might be where two A is because again, t- no, it's all they, the they same. do all the same place, and maybe it is it all is up in Garland. Garland. And I mean, uh, back when I was growing up in Dallas, they used to say Garland is Carland. <laughs> but uh, well, the DFW's expanded <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, they'd like a shot. I think uh, if Goliad wins, they would play on Thursday. I believe yeah. we talked. Yeah, about we that. talked about that. They would play. They would be playing on Thursday. Yeah. I think Thursday at like eleven. If they yeah. get to the in fact, I, I remember uh, when uh, Goliad was up there before uh, Coach Salazar was telling me how he was going back and forth, <laughs> you know, between uh, volleyball and football. Yeah. So. Uh, of course, that's a good situation. I'm sure he'd like it to happen again. Well, shoot, I might be going back from Goliad volleyball and football this year. I'll be up at a, I'll, I'll be down, or I should say down. I'll be down in Odom for Goliad's game on Thursday against Falfudias, and then chance, you know, I might be there Friday if if they're playing Saturday. Yeah. I will definitely be there Saturday, and that you know, a lot of good things going on in Goliad athletics right now. District champs in football going into the playoffs. Volleyball number one team in the state is, you know. Hopefully they can get to the state tournament. A lot of good things going on for the Tigers right now. Yeah, really good year for them right now. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, that I think uh, that first place, like in uh, district and football, was big. Because, like we just talked about, uh, look who Edna's playing Jordanton in the second round. And Goliad was able to avoid that by, by winning the district title. And Goliad, looking at their path, I don't have it in front of me now, but their path as a district champ is a lot more favorable to go deeper into the playoffs than it was than it would have been had they been in Edna's spot. Yeah, and one, one other topic I just want to mention briefly that we I don't think we talked about last week. We finally got the numbers on east and west yes and uh and that came out fr- that came yeah, out friday yeah. a- that came out friday spencer, afternoon uh, i remember uh i talked to spencer gant the ad for visd uh and uh with a difference of about 190 on your average mm-hmm. daily attendance uh they made the decision that they're going to split up victoria west and victoria east east will be going uh division one and west will be division two 
I think uh, the real question here is Division One. Uh, Division Two with uh, Corpus did the same thing. They they the Corpus Christi yeah. ISD allowed their schools to fall where they. And it were. looks like they have three schools going five well, AD two. They could. Uh, a lot depends on where they put the numbers. But if they're the same, what you're going to have is uh, I think virtually all of them. Ex- maybe well, I think there are three: Carroll, um, Moody, and um, King. I believe I'm not sure if that's right, but they'll be probably. Well, no, I think Carroll's going up. They, they got that new campus. I think it no, was Carroll's. Oh, stayed, Carroll's staying. Yeah, the only one going up is Veterans Memorial. Okay. To five AD one. Right. So the reason I say that is you have Veterans Memorial. You have Flower Bluff, which came up from yeah. Division Two to Division Gregory I. Portland's going to stay in Five yes. AD Two. So really, if those schools stay, you've got a district there with yeah. with, with Victoria with West. West. But the issue, I think, is with and these. Alice could be going up. Alice five. is coming. Yeah, up. they're going up Five AD Two. So you've got enough schools there to where you could make a district. The problem is here, where you've got East, Flower Bluff, and Veterans Memorial. You've got nothing and else. And no one else really there. So that means you either have to go to the south side of San Antonio or you go towards Laredo, possibly the valley, or the, which I call the doomsday scenario, they take you to Fort Bend County. Um, you know, I don't know. That, that would be doomsday. Yeah, I don't know about 3A, but with the, I mean, the three schools like that. I kind of think they'd like to put them in maybe with a Southside San Antonio, maybe Laredo or something mixed like that. But any way you look at it, there's going to be some traveling involved yeah. in that district. Now, that district may may just be for football, though. Yeah. You know, they'll go back like in uh, other sports. Well, East and West will still be in the same district in volleyball and yeah, basketball as long and baseball. As, uh, with the 5A teams. Well, yeah. yeah, 5A. Yeah, and uh, we'll have to see, too. The other interesting thing is, well, uh, let me get on my soapbox here. CIS and CCISD will, will continue that ridiculous zone thing uh, well i think now that the schools are split up and it's I, not 19 yeah. districts i can't see them doing I, hopefully that. that that will end because like for instance in basketball i believe uh that moody and and uh west girls were already playing but that's not a uh, zone game. It's not a district. It, yeah, it's not a zone game, so it doesn't count towards your it's district a crossover record. game or something, whatever they call it. But you know, this is ridiculous, and I and I'm not saying this. I mean, a lot of Corpus coaches hate it too. So it's not like it's just a Victoria it, thing that's saying that. It's, it, it's as clear as mud. Even I've had media people reach out to me from the Corpus area and ask me, you know, do you understand what's going on with these zones? And I got to tell them, I don't got a freaking clue. No, and I mean, you know, uh, in the way they shuffle the zones, uh, you never know because what happens, you could end up with a zone with uh, one good team. And three or four not very good teams, whereas the other zone could have four really good teams. And that's kind of what's happened in this is you'll have, you know, depending on the sport, you'll have, you know, I think baseball it was relatively even, but I know last year in, uh, or this year in volleyball, you know, Victoria West and Gregory Portland were both pretty good from the north, but in the south they had four really good volleyball teams, whereas in the in the north there were really only two you know high level volleyball teams yeah and i i think uh we're gonna find out i believe we'll have a better idea in uh, about a month maybe not even that in december they release the cutoff numbers and that'll tell you exactly where you are and uh then of course in february they'll put the districts out but uh yeah, and the only other one that we're really pretty much sure of is industrial looks like it's going to 3A Division two because it turned in a, a lot lower numbers. And that could be interesting because depending on the uh, Corpus teams in that Corpus area teams in that district, London, for instance, mm-hmm. if that gets shaken up, you have a, a possibility of Edna, I mean, of Yoakum and Houtsville coming back to Region 4, which, of course, they would love. But uh, that's something to keep an eye on, too. Uh, The thing about uh, realignment, we talk about this every year. I mean, 
that has got to be the best kept secret in, in the United States, better than the Defense Department. I don't know how the UIL does it, but there is rarely ever a leak. So, uh, you know, because there's well, always The only way you do that is if, so, if very few people know what's yeah. going on. So and, you talk about we get the numbers now. We don't know the cutoff numbers till December. We don't get districts till February. Yeah. I think it's only like two or three people in there sorting all this out. They know, hey, it, it's only one of us that can leak well, this. I, I keep thinking that sooner or later somebody's got to hack into that computer. And, I mean, you know, everything else has been hacked. So, I mean, I, I keep thinking that's going to happen. Is anyone looking for a job opportunity? <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, uh, I know, like, uh, some of our people, uh, you know, they'll speculate. Texas football yeah. speculates. Uh, Carl Padilla with his Padilla poll speculates. Well, once we get the cutoff numbers, you can start yeah. kind of drawing yeah. some districts up. But, but really, who would have predicted – that Quero would be in Region Three when you have schools, you know, that are that are you know up closer, and that's the mystery. And of course, you have you look at two A Division One, you've got Refurio around here, and uh, not only that, but that South District Santa Maria, they're going up to play Mason and Junction. Yeah. That's a huge trip. I mean, in Mason and Junction having to go all the way to Kingsville for the regional track meet. I mean, those things are crazy. But I guess there's, you know, they they seem to know what they're doing. Yeah, it's, I mean, whenever there's not going to be a one-size-fits-all solution when you get into something like realignment. You mentioned, like, Mason and Junction going to Kingsville for the regional track meet, but it's, that's just kind of how, because if, if it's not Mason and Junction, it's going to be somebody else, or it's going to be teams from our area. You know, are they doing a regional meet down in the Valley? Like, it's going to be, there's not going to be a one-size-fits-all for this. Yeah, and I think uh, that's true, and I think we're we're edging very much closer to a 7A. Even though it won't happen this realignment, I think you can look for Well, you look at some of the sizes of the... Uh, yeah, my young, my the, youngest yeah. sister goes to uh, goes to Deer Park High School. She's she's a junior over at Deer Park High School. They, uh, if you put the two Victoria high schools together, both you know a five A D one and a five A D two, it's not even the size of Deer Park. <laughs> if you put them together, if we yeah. just got Victoria Memorial back together, and at the time when Victoria Memorial separated, they were the biggest five A. They were one of the biggest 5A schools in the state, from what I understand, when East and West originally yeah. came about. And Deer Park, it's not as big as Deer Park. And there are schools like Allen oh, and Prosper yeah. oh, who yeah. are even bigger than that. So you, I think you are looking toward a 7A just because in the 6A, not so much in the 4A and 5A ranks, but in the 6A ranks you're seeing like from the teams that just clear the 6A hurdle to the Allens uh, who have like 7,000 students. Yeah, and you, but you are in 4A seeing a pretty big disparity, yeah. and that's something that UIL has talked about, wanting to shrink that a little bit. But I think one thing I've noticed this year that may help, uh, like with uh, – with Victoria West and with the Corpus Christi schools is they're not opting up. Mm -hmm. And that helps because when you opt up, that gives you, uh, that kind of skewers the numbers. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one thing I know the UIL has frowned on. I, I guess there's no way they can not allow you to opt up. Right. But, uh, you know, I know because uh, obviously I think there was – I don't know if it's Zapata or one of those teams, or there was a team out in West Texas that had to go, if it would have stayed in its actual <laughs> classification, when had to drive like a thousand miles or something, <laughs> or six hundred miles to play a football game. So they ha they have to allow that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I always look forward to. That's kind of like another season, you know, the yeah. realignment season. Yeah, I know. I tell you, I, I told somebody this on Friday, right after I got done talking to you about the the wet east and west. They're gonna just let it fall where it is. I would have paid to be a fly on the wall when someone told Courtney Boyce oh, yeah. that they were doing that. He was and, doing cartwheels. Hey, and you know, I called him up for a comment. Yeah, and he goes, his comment was very muted. No, I wonder what he told you off the well, record. He, first thing he said. He said to me, "Now, are you quoting me?" And I and I was say, and I said, "Yes." And then I could kind of see the wheels spinning. Like, how can I spin this without being too excited? Uh, yeah. You know? 
But uh, yeah, so uh, but but good for them. I mean, they should be where their numbers fall. I agree. I mean, I I know you want. I mean, East and West are still going to play. They're going to play each other. It's just going to yeah. be in August or September right. instead of October. Yeah, November. and it's and and the other thing about that is, um, was kind of the argument for Memorial, is you know by separating them. You, you no longer have the uh, competition so much. You have each – you can root for a Victoria team. Mm-hmm. In other words, East can root for West after they play. Right. Obviously, they want to beat each other. But after they play – Once they we get can, into the playoffs especially. Yeah, you can start pulling for each other. You have Victoria people pulling for each other. Which is kind of a nice thing, really. Potential for two home playoff games in Victoria next year. Yeah, that's right. We, yeah, of course, uh, then we'd have to have the uh, Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday. But uh, I root for Thursday, Friday yeah, in that I, one. So, Gant, if you're listening, yeah, well, well, a year yeah. from now when we get there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking of that, uh, apparently there were some bond issues out there. And uh, I, I think I heard that Rosenberg Richmond did not pass. And. Uh, if anybody knows the situation in uh, in that Lamar uh, district, it's ridiculous. You've got like what? How many schools playing in one stadium? Oh yeah, it's like it's like five or six. Oh, it's, it's crazy now, and uh, I I think that their bond failed there, and I think there were some other bonds that failed. Well, I know the Prosper one failed yeah. barely, but theirs was like it was like a ninety-four million yeah. dollar. They're so, trying to build another Allen, uh, yeah. another Allen Eagle Stadium and out there. Let, and let's face it, I mean, either sometime in the near future they're going to have to be a bond here, or what's going to happen? They're just going to have to condemn Memorial Stadium. And then you'll be sitting here with, uh, what are we going to do? You know, uh, so we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, the like we said, with next week uh, we got the area round coming up, and hopefully we we have a pretty good feeling we'll have a lot of teams left. Yeah, they will have a lot of teams left. I'm, you know, area round. I think we're gonna have a lot of teams left. I'm rooting to have at least one, hopefully two teams in the state volleyball tournament as well. Let's get you know. Let's bring home some hardware to the crossroads. Let's bring home some hardware to the crossroads. But I think that man, I, I that can you know so much has happened since last Friday. I completely yeah. forgot that we hadn't talked about yeah. the potent the east west splitting up. I that totally slipped my mind again. Mike Foreman's steel trap memory, folks. Shoot, I'll tell you. I mean that when that broke on Friday. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, that was as big a news as the football I game. Know, I know. Like I'm sitting there going. Uh, well, so much worse for a Friday afternoon nap. Yeah. Know? <laughs> it's like pregame napping is not happening. But, uh, yeah, this is just a busy time of year. Yeah, it really is. You can find me at a coffee shop Friday afternoons. I like to coffee shop, relax, <laughs> get some music going, and slow the heartbeat a little bit before all the craziness to come at Friday on Friday nights. But they'll just about do it for episode 61 of The Grid Playoff football, regional tournament, volleyball, east and west splitting up, a lot going on. But, guys, we thank you for tuning in. I think this is really the best time of the year to be a high school sports fan. All of it is kind of our equinox right now. We haven't even talked about basketball. Girls basketball started this week. Boys basketball starts next week. Uh, we're going to start working that into the show once kind of once some other stuff starts dying down a little bit here. But volleyball's going on. Football's at its height right now. So a lot going on. We appreciate you for tuning in. Thank you, and we'll be back right here next week on The Grid.